Welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are a nonprofit wellness center for patients, survivors, caregivers, and families affected by the trauma of cancer. We provide a wide range of services that enhance an individual's ability to experience quality of life. And we believe that everyone should have access to our programs and conversations, which are offered freely to ensure that no one is ever denied the support they need. If you find inspiration in what we share, we invite you to consider supporting Wellness Within through a donation. Your generosity enables us to continue offering these valuable resources to our community. To make a donation and contribute to the well-being of those facing cancer, please visit our website at wellnesswithin.org or click the link in the episode description. Your support makes a difference. So thank you for being a vital part of our mission. Together, we empower whole person well-being, bridging gaps, and reconnecting to what is most meaningful. Welcome to Wellness Within. We would like to thank Kaiser Permanente and Columbia Bank, who in part sponsor this podcast. Join us for relaxing meditations and enlivening conversations about topics that support wellness and the presence of cancer. To access our class schedule, to make a donation, or to sign up for our newsletter, please visit wellnesswithin.org. Hello, Wellness Within listeners. I'm Patty Brown, founder of Wellness Within. And today, I just want to take a few minutes of your time to give you some brief reminders about when you're in a situation where you're caregiving for someone, someone you care about, someone in your family. This is a topic that is near and dear to me, so I really wanted to do this. And especially ahead of the upcoming holidays, I really think this is important just to give it a little bit of time to sink in what I'm going to share. First, let me say... It is easy to lose sight of these reminders that I'm going to talk to you about. Tending to the care of someone you care about can sometimes be all-consuming, and sometimes we don't even recognize that it is consuming us. And if you're like me, I'm an empath, or if you've been suddenly thrusted into a position to care for a family member, please take heart to my message that I'm going to give you here. One thing I really think is important is that when I read this a while back, I thought it was pretty significant. And according to the National Alliance for Caregiving, 86% of care partners are untrained. They, that means you and me and who comprise of the the they, we simply learn as we go. All of us, 86% of us, we're learning as we go. Hence the rationale for learning about some reasonable tools for self-care. No one. I mean, no one could ever understand the layers of emotions and physical demands of being a care partner. Of course, the person you're caring for would rather not be in this situation. And of course, you want to do everything you can for the person you love. But here you are. And again, remember, you're new at this. And so you're going to be learning as you go. So hopefully you can heed some of these tips. I can tell you for myself, when I was a care partner to my mom, In her last two years of life, 
let me just say, I was also in the infancy of the stages of starting wellness within. My health, it took a hit, both on my emotional well-being and my physical. I was exhausted. I had lost my appetite. I lost weight. I had difficulty sleeping and even concentrating. But I knew I was pretty resilient. I mean, after all, I lived through enough life to know that I could do hard things. I could endure. I could play catch-up. I can always catch up on my sleep another day. I'll be fine. And all those other mind-body stressors? Well, I'll figure it out later. Well, there's some misconceptions that I don't know about you, but I know for me that I was experiencing. So let's see if you relate to any of these. How about have you ever said this to yourself? I'll sleep and eat and find time for joy later. Well, you know, there is no catch-up time. When you're in it, the toll of ignoring signs of emotional and physical demands, if left unchecked, run a high probability of causing you future issues with your health, your relationships, and other things. Another one is minimizing your needs. I did that a lot. Believing that your person's needs are far more important than yours because you're not enduring what she or he is. And whatever your needs are for your own self-care, well, we tell ourselves they're just not important right now. Your self-care is imperative now more than ever. The danger in this kind of self-talk is you risk completely losing yourself. It's as if you're a machine, not a whole person. You're not even really in your body. Sometimes, I know I can remember not even feeling my body. I was just doing what I needed to do to keep my head above water, to take care of all the needs that I had to take care of in my life. Here's another one. If I check in with myself and take a little break, I'm going to lose my momentum. I don't want to unleash all those emotions. So staying busy keeps me from listening to how my body or mind may be trying to get my attention or tell me that I need to slow down. I just can't. Anybody ever said that? The I have no time to take care of myself scenario doesn't mean these symptoms will go away. They just don't. It just means at some point, something will break. I know there's a plethora more of misconceptions that we tell ourselves. But for the sake of brevity, let me just give you some critical tips for changing the way you go about the important role of caring for another when they are ill or unable to care for themselves. So first, design guardrails for yourself. And how you know what do they might look like? Well, scheduling time every day to check in with yourself. Those of you who follow wellness and then know we're really big on mindfulness and meditation and breath work. So I'm going to tell you one of the first things that I I knew these tools. They were near and dear to me. I trained on them, but still, I didn't always heed to my own advice. But I can tell you now, these are important. So some days, sitting quietly, taking mindful breaths, close your eyes and do a brief body scan. You know, check to see if your shoulders are raised up, reaching up to your earlobes, and then bring them down. Check to see if you're clenching joy. Half the time, you don't even realize that you're clenching your jaw. Unclench it. And then what about your face? Remember, there are 43 little muscles that comprise your face. We tend to keep a lot of tension in our face and we don't even realize it. So what's important to do is soften. Soften as best you can. And sometimes sitting with your eyes closed and taking those mindful, slow breaths can really be helpful. And here's another one that I find has been instrumental for me. Scheduling time to go out in nature. Even if it's just a walk around the block, it's really important. 
to change the scenery for yourself and get outside, whether it's looking up at the sky or feeling the breeze against your cheeks, just doing mindful walking, feel one foot in front of the other, because that's really what caregiving is about. One day at a time, one foot in front of the other, one step at a time. Okay, this next one is the hard one, and I know I struggled with it as well. Ask for assistance when you need a day or half a day to yourself. You know, people really want the opportunity to help. You need to trust that. But you need to be specific in what you're asking someone for what it is that you exactly need. Like calling a friend or someone or a friend of this person you're caregiving. Can you come over for a few hours? Can you read to my person? Can you talk with them? Maybe just watch a movie together? Really think about the things that you can do so that you feel like you're still managing the care and taking care of your person but being specific about what you know they would like so that that person can come in and be really helpful when you can take a break for yourself. Okay, here's another biggie. Setting boundaries. It's a word that I know is overused sometimes for a lot of people, but boy, it is really, really important when it comes to being a care partner. Even if you love to cook, this is just an example. Even if you love to cook, take time off. You don't need to cook every single meal. You need to take time off for all the responsibilities. It can be really helpful to give yourself a break. Order takeout at your favorite restaurant or your care partner's favorite restaurant. Enjoy that. And so they can enjoy a meal together and you don't have to do cleanup and you don't have to worry about anything. Maybe even you can just sit and talk to each other without any of these extraneous things and demands. All right. One of these other ones that I like to talk about just ever so briefly is to recognize how guilt might be at play. Sometimes we feel really guilty when we really want to take care of ourselves and we feel selfish. And there are other driving factors that sometimes are pushing us to abandon ourselves in our own self-care. I really want to be mindful of that. Sometimes I think it is part of why you lose yourself in caregiving. You get trapped in this unending cycle of unhealthy boundaries. And that is a detriment to you in the long term for your own health. So please be mindful of that. Guilt is not helpful, not even to your part person that you're taking care of. So in the end, I hope that some of these tips will be helpful in this upcoming year or years of being in a situation where you're caring for someone else that you love. It is really vital for you and for the person that you're taking care of that you really do employ good self-care techniques. You are a better caregiver when you're taking care of yourself. 